0: Hello and welcome back to Season 3 of Mimousine On Air. I am Mimi Swaby, host and journalist, and this season is all about game changers. Each week I'll be interviewing a different individual who is pushing for and driving change in their field. This week I'm joined by Max Selwood, a mental health advocate and influencer, whose aim is to open up conversation surrounding men's mental health. Just like to give a content and trigger warning, as we will be discussing sensitive topics surrounding mental health throughout the episode. If you think this might affect you, maybe give this episode a miss. You froze then in a really funny position. I was like, I don't know if you can hear me, so I'm just going to keep talking. (laughs) That's
1: so funny. How are you? How are you doing?
0: I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's been um, a pretty crazy week, but thank you for having me. I'm honoured.
0: Hello, Max, and welcome to the podcast. For people who don't know you and what you're about, please could you start by introducing yourself and tell us a bit about your work.
1: So I guess um, to start off, I'm, I'm 23. I'm from, I, I was going to say I'm from London, but that's basically my go-to response because I grew up in France and nobody knows where I grew up um, in, in the UK and France. So I'm from Hertfordshire, but like I said, yeah, I grew up in France. I work in, in business marketing, so I essentially manage manage talent that's super fun. Really enjoy it, and I think this is kind of why you've brought me on. Essentially, is I I speak about mental health online. I talk about kind of my experiences with it and open up a conversation that I think needs to be spoken about more. Main mainly with men. Obviously, like I hope that I've inspired girls to do it as well, etc. But yeah, but I think my main content is kind of aimed at men, I guess.
0: Would you say that is because there is generally a larger stigma surrounding? Men's
1: mental health. I yeah, I I would say so. I think it's the reason why I started it in the first place was because I had mental health issues from quite a young. Well, from I discovered later on by doing therapy, they started quite young, and I think I would have realised that I would have had these issues if I was one able to feel comfortable talking about them, and two, if I had someone to look up to, whether that be In my family, like, my family have always been super supportive with that stuff, but I think because I didn't see it as normal, I didn't really have anywhere to turn to, and I wished that I had someone online or wherever it may have been on YouTube in those kind of early days of YouTube speaking about this, because then I guess I would have felt less weird. So I guess at the minute my goal is just to be that person that I wished I had at 15 or 14 I hope there's people out there that are looking at my stuff thinking, Oh, actually I'm not I'm not a complete freak and it is totally normal to feel that way.
0: No, one hundred percent. I think part of well, a huge part of the issue is just normalizing it and opening up that conversation. And I think you do that so well in your in your work. For people who haven't seen Max's work, it's very video based. It's a lot it's very conversational. And so it kind of feels like you're talking to the viewer, which is so nice and really powerful in itself. So
1: <laughs> Thank you. No, that means a lot. And, and like I think that's that's kind of the main thing was I was actually listening to another podcast this morning about how basically people saying that at the end of the day social media is you know pe- people do well on there because they're relatable and I think I obviously I don't I don't have the numbers that some of these people have but the main reason that I create is because I've, I, I've, I've been told like ever, ever since I was younger that I've got quite like a a likable personality so I think if I'm able to just talk about a serious subject and something that is obviously quite hard to speak about but instead of making it this daunting subject that people are scared to kind of even approach and you kind of put a face on it that is quite smiley and quite a happy person, happy personality, I think that's quite a and a nice way to go about it, and it makes it a lot more relatable and easy to, easier to speak about, I guess.
0: Definitely, it makes it more digestible as well. I think for people who, perhaps, like you said, aren't quite as comfortable speaking about it. Actually, one question I did want to ask you about is: Do you find it's quite generational? So, people who engage with your work on TikTok and Instagram or social media in general, or do you specifically try and target younger men like
1: yourself? See, I I think. I actually don't think there is like a a barrier of age to my stuff. Like I think there will be people who go through their whole lives without even realizing they've got any type of issue until they actually have to address them. Mm -hmm. And that's happened to me a few times where someone will message me and he'll be like like mid forties and he's saying like, Oh, this actually really helped me and it's actually made me realise a few things and I'm like, Awesome, like I'm happy that he's managed to do that. But then I also do get young kids who i mean i've had again i don't know the exact age but probably 15 year olds message me and just be like thank you so much for saying this because it actually doesn't it makes me feel less weird i don't think there's an age barrier and i don't actually think it's generational i think it, it can appeal to everyone which is quite nice mm. um would you think like from your point of view so i'm, I'm turning in <laughs>
0: no i love it it's I conversation think, we're opening up a conversation
1: from your point of view would you say that it seems like it's more appealing to a younger audience or would you kind of say it's like an older audience?
0: No, I think it definitely appeals to people on, of all ages and all genders. I know you speak a lot more specifically on men's mental health, like, such as your campaigns around real men wear moisturiser and Movember. But I think from my point of view, it does seem like sometimes old generations are less open to engaging with it or actively disengage with the conversation, because yeah. there is much more of a shame and embarrassment surrounding it, like it's a taboo subject still. I think younger generations, even younger, I'm, I'm Gen Z, 23 as well, so I think even younger than us are actually a lot better at speaking about mental health. I'm not sure if this yeah. is something you found.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I totally agree. I think you can just tell by the amount of people who speak about mental health now openly are generally a lot younger or a kind of in our our generation and to be honest I think funnily enough the most hate or distasteful comments that I would get on any type of video or something that I've written or anything like that generally are from I would say middle-aged men saying like oh you just need to man up or you just need to um, stop being such a worse like things like that and I've had a couple of middle-aged women as well
0: really
1: Um, yeah it's weird I've never really had that much negativity from younger people it's always been very very supportive always been very much like good on you for speaking about this whereas generally the most hate I get yeah from middle-aged people which is which is so weird that people Mm -hmm. you know like especially on someone who's middle-aged like are you not at work (laughs) like what what are you why are you taking time to like message hate on someone's video that's trying to speak about something that's obviously like hard to speak about like it's just it just blows my mind
0: social media is such a double-edged sword in itself have you found that there has been quite a lot of pressure with having a social presence online and speaking about such a complex topic in a very nuanced way has that actually been a backlash or has it been bad for your mental health? Because I know social media often gets tarnished and blamed for a lot of mental health issues and a lot of problems in general. But then yeah. again, it does also have this great positive influence when used correctly.
1: That's such a hard question to answer as well, because I think like it's so complex that it literally cannot be like a yes or no, because I think at the end of the day, Social media is bad for people with mental health, like it just is, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're spending your time looking at someone else's life and not focusing on your own. And the way that I kind of it's a complete highlight reel, and it's not even their real life, it's literally a split second of joy that they're posting online. So, those split seconds then add up to minutes and hours, which then look like it's someone's whole entire life. Basically, I think that we do have a choice to go on social media or not, like as much as it is become such a social norm and it is seen as quite strange when people don't have social media. I still believe that we do have a choice to go. The first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is to go online and look at Instagram or go online and look at Facebook or TikTok or whatever and see other people's lives in front of us thinking, oh, I wish I could be that way. And I think that can be so detrimental to your health. I'm so guilty of that. Like I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I check my phone like most people do. But I think it's important to notice that if someone's saying like, oh, my mental health is really bad because of this, this and this, I think you need to look at the things as well that you are doing, which you can change, which is like checking your social media all the time and also like comparing your life to others. I also think that social media can be an incredibly positive space as well. If I was going on social media and just basically, I don't know, spreading hate about something, then obviously there's no point of me, you know, not actually creating anything that can be useful to people whereas there are a lot of people in, including myself which i believe who, who actually want to be like be able to spread a, something positive and a good message and initially spread um, good influence they want to be a change maker in some sort of way and i think that's kind of how i look at it is i, I want to be able to change the world in some way just by using these platforms
0: completely i think that's really powerful and do you use different social media platforms? I know you're quite big on TikTok. Do you find TikTok is quite different to Instagram or are they quite similar in the engagement you get on there and the feedback or the content you put on them?
1: I think the, um, the platforms are really different, like 100%. They're, they're, they're very they're different audiences. Like TikTok, they're a lot younger um, and you can tell just by, by the comments. I would say the comments are a lot more dramatic as well. So, like on Instagram, I don't think I've ever had a comment from someone that's in a sense worried me. Whereas, quite often, I'll get a comment on TikTok that will be like something along the lines of, I can't take this anymore. I can't take my life. All of these things that, when you read, can be quite like not disturbing because that's, that's quite a strong word, but quite. Distressing, yeah, that's the word I was looking for. I think it's quite distressing because this person's actually taking their time to write something, they must be in a lot of pain Mm -hmm. to be at a place where they're quite young, but also feeling like that is quite scary. And I think also just like to go back on your question before, does it affect my mental health? I think sometimes it does. The other day, I'm obviously not going to say names, someone came into my Instagram direct messages off the back of TikTok, I think, and basically was saying, I can't take this anymore. Um, like your videos have really helped me, but the pe- like the pain is too much, et cetera. Basically saying that, you know, they, they didn't want to live anymore. And I was like, oh my God. And it's happened a few times and it's quite scary to be in that position. Every time I kind of go back and I'm like, I'm not a professional. So like, I can't help you with this. Like, I'm so sorry. But like obviously give the numbers to call and like tell them to speak to their family, their friends and to reach out and to speak, et cetera it is quite scary to see to see that whereas like Instagram I think a lot of people who do follow me on Instagram are older so I think things are less dramatic they don't feel the need to like randomly message a stranger who they don't know about all of their problems that they'll kind of be more mature about it and I guess listen to the advice and potentially seek therapy etc. I think it's just that the, the audiences are very different I'm extremely lucky to have those audiences and I think I would, I would love to be able to see a bit more growth with those platforms to make it more accustomed to, because I know that Facebook, for instance, have certain keywords that when they pop up, they'll be notified and they can, I think it's like a bot will come into their messages and kind of see if they're okay or like sometimes emergency services can be called if someone's like i'm going to take my own life then i think it like sends a signal to some i'm not exactly sure how yeah it like a
0: trigger signal that that actually sounds really like a really good idea it takes the burden off you then not burden that's the wrong word that's very heavy it takes the pressure and feeling of heaviness that actually you are the person they've turned to and like you said you aren't a professional giving advice then you kind of go into quite murky water which that probably isn't the best thing to do either. So it leaves you or anybody receiving messages like that in quite a tricky position.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And it, I mean, I don't want it to sound like, Oh God, look at me. I, I hate getting messages from people. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say. I think it it can be quite distressing receiving. I've received a message at like midnight, basically someone saying like, I'm going to take my own life, and I'm like, okay, um, don't really know what to do here. Like, I'm just kind of, I'll, I'll just look at it for a minute and be like, how am I supposed to respond to this? And it can be quite scary. Like, I've had times where I felt like I needed to call the police because not for my sake, for theirs, and make sure that they're not going to do anything silly. It can be quite scary. Almost having someone else's life in your own hands for a minute is um, quite daunting.
0: Wow, that's no, 100% daunting. And something actually is very commendable for you to to deal with that, like you said on quite a regular basis
1: I think I just want to raise as much awareness as possible that people are allowed to feel emotions I think that's the main thing like it's not so much about men or or women or whatever you kind of define yourself as I think for me it's it's just being able to let people know that some days you're going to feel shit some days you're going to feel great and that's kind of I guess life like even though it's coming from a 23-year-old man who hasn't actually really experienced that much I think it's it's that's like one of the most important things that people should be learning and I wish I could do more for like schools etc out of lockdown I have been kind of thinking in my head I would love to be able to go to schools and do some sort of talks on something just because I know that when I was in school I didn't learn a single thing about it like how to manage my emotions like I did hours of trigonometry which I've never used once but coming out of school when even in school I was like why why am I feeling like this and I was never taught how to deal with those emotions so I think I would love to be able to work more on campaigns to do with schools because I think that's super important that you actually learn more about your emotions if that makes sense.
0: Definitely. Thinking back to school as well, I don't think we had one PSHE lesson on mental health.
1: Because I literally have no memory whatsoever of anything to do with emotional well-being.
0: No, neither. It was all physical. I think that's, I think that is part of the problem. Now it is progressing somewhat, but mental health has never been seen equal to physical health. Where in my eyes, and I'm sure your eyes, they are equally as important as each other um, you yeah. can't be a functioning human if you have poor mental health and vice versa with physical health
1: 100% 100% no i totally agree if you're feeling rubbish physically you're very like i think naturally humans are very easy to tell people that i don't know if you could go into work or something and you're like oh you're right mate they will 100% a man will turn around to you and be like oh, actually no i got a bit of a cold but he'll never turn around and be like oh, i'm actually feeling quite anxious and I think there's literally no difference in that. It's still health, whether it's mental health or physical health. So why why is there like a difference between saying, oh, I've got a cold or oh, I'm actually feeling a bit anxious? And that, that for me is like the thing that blows my mind, mind the most.
0: And I think it's so interesting when you go onto autopilot. So as soon as someone goes, oh, hi, you go, oh, I'm good, thanks, how are you? It's like a, it's already rehearsed, rolls off the tongue. It's and it, you it, stop it, yourself it, and you're like, hold on, I've actually had a really bad day. It's it, it's a complete lie. And you wouldn't lie about yeah. any other anything else so why would you lie about that
1: yeah no 100 it is mad because it is like literally like you just said it's like autopilot it's on you kind of have to double take and i think like i actually saw something something on instagram the other day which is awesome i can't remember exactly what it's called now it's like ask twice or something like that and it was basically like if you ask someone how they are and they say oh, i'm good thanks if you feel like it's a bit off it literally takes two seconds to just ask them again just to make sure because realistically most people when you say how are you doing mate people are generally just gonna say yeah I'm all right how are you Mm. also I think it's 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 super English as well isn't it like we, we like, we, we don't like to bother anyone like we don't like to put our burdens on other people we're very polite and I think that's the thing like I think most English people are on autopilot most of the time because realistic when you're asking someone how they are you're not really asking how they are it's kind of a way of saying hello isn't
0: it it's a formality completely
1: yeah 100% no, it's it's funny when you see it as well because like growing up in France when I came back here because I moved back to London when I was uh 19 I could so notice that it was like how like oh you're right mate and I was like does he actually care how we are or is that just like like is that actually how people say hello and it was really weird kind of get back getting back into the swing of things
0: that's so interesting I think I've seen something similar but it's it's rephrasing the question so instead of asking someone how are you you say oh what's been a highlight of your day or has anything gone not your way today it's just kind of twisting the question so you actually get the true response from someone which i think is a great idea and hopefully we'll see more more of that like you said it's always going back to opening up the conversation and normalizing the conversation around mental health be that if you're having a great day or not so great day
1: i love that i love that i think that's such a cool way of looking at it because you're getting kind of the same answer but you're just not asking that traded question of like how am i If you turn that autopilot mode off and you actually ask yourself, like, how am I? That's actually quite a daunting question when you think about it. Because it's like, look at your whole life as a like general thing, like, oh my god, actually, how am I? And then it's almost like quite (laughs) stressful. Yeah.
0: One thing I wanted to ask you was about labels, because I know some people are quite apprehensive to Label a mental health condition or say you have anxiety or yeah. you are suffering from depression. The idea being that labels, if you label someone, it's more likely that they will take on that persona. So it's like a self fulfilling prophecy in a way. What is your mindset about mental health labels? I know you've said you have suffered with mental health in the past. Were you ever labeled or diagnosed uh, for a better term? with a mental health condition or do you think it actually does more harm than good
1: that's actually I've never I've never been asked that and I've actually never Mm -hmm. I've actually never really thought about it to be honest but uh, I don't know that's because it is almost like the self-fulfilling prophecy like you just said but I think I think it's also quite it's a good thing to give it a name for instance, I was about to give a really weird, weird example, but if someone goes missing, you want to know who took them, right? And I think it's kind of similar with this, it's like, if I'm feeling this way, personally, I, I know that not not everyone's obviously going to agree with this, but personally, I would like to know what is wrong. If I am feeling weird in my head, if I am feeling really down, I would probably prefer, for a doctor to say to me, Look, Max, you have depression. I would love to hear that because then at least it's giving me a label. It's not just this like complete and utter uncertainty. I think that's probably quite biased just because part of my OCD is down to not being able to deal with uncertainty. <laughs> um so I think that's probably very biased from my point of view. But I think I think labels are good. I I don't think they're bad things at all. I think I think it's a good thing to be able to say like I have depression, I have anxiety, I have obsessive compulsive disorder just because then at least like you can wear it like a badge and you can actually, I think you can be proud of it even if you don't have or haven't been diagnosed or something just being able to say I have mental health issues I think is almost like obviously a self-diagnosis but I think it's I think you should be able to wear that proudly as well so I, I don't know I think to answer your question, I think I think labels are good, and I think I quite like labels, and I, and it definitely helped me when like when I f- first ever started therapy. I didn't start therapy until I was 18, eighteen, nineteen. Was my first therapy session. And
0: if you don't mind me asking, when were you, or when did you become aware of your mental health
1: um, issues or
0: problems surrounding I,
1: it? I became aware of them and kind of knew. That there was something off when I was probably about sixteen, but then I definitely had (laughs) mental health issues probably from the age of about maybe eleven. I would say eleven. That I know that eleven. Yeah. So my OCD started really young. Actually, probably probably ten. My first one ever was I'd have to switch my bedroom light on and off. I think it was like thirteen times before I go to sleep. I had a bunk bed in my room, but I insisted on sleeping on a mattress on the floor underneath the top bunk cuz i didn't like being up high but then when i was at the bottom i would like try and practice my way my like my way out because i was obsessed with the thought of the bunk bed was going to collapse on me even though i would go back there every night and it like it was a really nice bedroom like proper like little kids room i was quite spoiled as a kid but like it was just so weird to be so obsessed with that at a young age and i would feel so uneasy if i didn't like turn my light switch on and off and like I could see my ticks getting worse and worse and worse and then when I started skateboarding when I was 14 that's when my ticks got properly out of control because I would not be able to try a trick without tapping my wheels four times spinning my board around tapping my left foot like four times like it became ridiculously obsessive people would be like oh well, why did you do this I'd be like oh it's just kind of me and that's just kind of what I'd do and I was quite proud of it to be honest it's different and people may find it weird but Hey ho, that's kind of what I do.
0: I really appreciate you opening up. It's sometimes quite hard to go back and relive memories, especially when you now have the language to actually describe what you were feeling when you were younger. Because I'm sure everybody has been through some kind of mental health issue when they were younger, or previously when maybe they didn't even have the language to know what it was. Like you said, yeah. what it is is very useful. So maybe they probably can relate to that in some in some way.
1: I hope so i hope that they can relate to understanding how they felt or how they feel but it is really weird like i remember when my therapist when i first started therapy she asked when was the first time you experienced like any type of mental health issue and i straight away was like ah probably like a few months ago and that's seriously when i only had realized that there was something wrong and she's i know like you've got to think back to when you first ever started feeling a bit off or like you're doing something weird And then I was like, I felt like my OCD was quite weird. And then she was like, right, when was the first time you started that? And I was like, oh, my God, I've been doing it since I was 10. And that was like the realisation, like, Jesus, like I've actually had obsessive compulsive disorder for a very long time, but I just hadn't realised. And it's a very draining illness because you're like constantly overthinking things, you're constantly worrying, you're constantly tapping surfaces because otherwise somebody's going to die or the world's going to, figure out something about you that's not right like it's just it's a very weird illness kind of finding out that you have had that for a very long time is such a it's such a weird thing it's so strange
0: was there a sense of relief knowing what it was like how did you actually cope with that being I suppose diagnosed or again using the term labeled with that was there a sense of relief or slight worry that oh god I have this now
1: what do I do um, with it yeah, I, I, to be honest, like, I'd probably say, say it was a bit of a relief just because it was quite nice to have a professional sit me down and say, look, what you're experiencing is OCD. I made a video about it, which just called You're Going Crazy, where essentially I, two months ago, started experiencing, well, about three, four months ago, I started experiencing like pains in my chest. And I was convinced, I mean, f- two months ago, fully convinced that I was going to have a heart attack. I was sp- speaking about it last night with my girlfriend and she was like, you were just not right. And I ha- wasn't doing therapy at that time. And I c- was convinced that I was going to die of a heart attack. I was just full on convinced. Once I decided, right, I need to go back to therapy, having my therapist sit me down and say, look, all of those pains right there that you're having are like psychosomatic. There's nothing wrong with your body. It's purely your anxiety that is creating these pains, creating these feelings that you're having that are really distressing because they feel like a heart attack and the pain is there but there is nothing wrong with you. It was literally like someone had lifted a weight off my chest. Like, it was like, whoa, okay, that makes sense now. Having her label it like that, as as we say, I think was just, yeah, it was such a relief because it was like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna have a heart attack now. It's actually just my anxiety.
0: And how do you cope with your anxiety or mental health in general? And what advice would you give people who are perhaps suffering, say with anxiety or OCD or any kind of feeling of not being themselves or being, like you said, slightly off?
1: So how I deal with it, I think it's a very kind of subjective thing because everyone enjoys different things. I know that some people, you know, cope better when they just sit inside for a bit, watch a few films and, you know, have a few relaxed days. But for me, like, I couldn't think of anything worse. Like That's just not how I would deal with it because... I like to go outside, I like to exercise, I like to be creative etc. I think everyone has their like different coping mechanisms. For me what I do when I'm feeling anxious or like having a bit of a bad spell is eat good food, make nice food for yourself, get to bed early, get enough sleep, get outside as much as you can in the day. Like obviously some people work inside etc which is obviously difficult but get outside as much as you can exercise because it's just a nice way of being good and just have an outlet of some way, whether that's, you know, your exercise and you actually really enjoy going to the gym or cycling do that. If you really like creating videos and do that, if you like doing these things and they make you feel alive, then you should be doing those because it will relieve anxiety and it will relieve like depressive feelings.
0: No, that's absolutely brilliant advice. And what would you advise someone i think we've probably touched on it already but what would you advise someone who is worried about a friend colleague loved one worried about their mental health especially if they aren't professionals themselves
1: i think it's just it's just making them know that you're there like i think that's the biggest thing and making them know that whatever you may be going through you can speak to them and that it's not forever it's that old um what's that word for it I can't remember but like hope is like hold on pain ends and I think that that's one thing that I always love to like remind myself is that if you're going through shit time it will end I think we all have at least a few friends who have had some issues or are having some issues I think the main thing is just to let them know that you're there for them and that they can speak to you about anything and that you are a safe space for them so if they want to cry have a cry. If they want to talk, have a talk. If they want to, you know, be extremely cliche and go up to uh, to the top of a mountain and scream, then you can do that.
0: Definitely. I think even with my own friendship group, that is invaluable. Just being that shoulder to cry and need to be, or be that person to go and do those crazy cliche things, which actually probably make you feel better as well.
1: No, a hundred percent. The way that I see anxiety or depression or lots of other mental health issues that kind of make you feel like you're in a dark place like i think i think of them as like being in a dark box imagine you're in this dark box and you have a big stick right and this big stick can poke holes through this dark box that you're in you're only allowed to poke a hole in the wall if you've done something that's going to help you so for instance like going for a run bang you can you can put a hole in the wall and once you put a hole in the wall, it lets a bit of light in. And if you do, I don't make yourself a nice bit of food that you feel proud of making, that's another hole. And then you get up early, that's another hole. You get more sleep by getting an early night, that's another hole. You be creative and make a video or you do kind of something that you like, that's another hole. You speak to a friend about your issues, that's another hole. And by the end of it, th- there are so many holes in this box that everything's light again and you're back to your kind of light self. And I think that a lot of people that are struggling sometimes don't see it and they just feel like they're stuck in a box and they can't get out.
0: I honestly think that's the best analogy I have ever heard with how to deal with mental health issues. <laughs> Honestly, I have to go and tell everyone about this.
1: It's actually something that I, I thought of a few weeks ago to so I just, I really wanted to get it in this this goal because I think <laughs> Oh you did and I'm so glad you did. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing that I've ever ever thought in my brain. Like it honestly is. Because it is so true. You do feel like you're in this box. And I think when you're in that depressive state, you are stuck in that box. But if you can get enough holes that there's so much light coming through, a box doesn't even exist anymore. It's there you might be still kind of feeling a bit stuck in it sometimes, but there's so much light around you that you don't even notice you're in it.
0: I love that. I really, really love that. (laughs) And how do you feel starting to wrap up? How do you feel about a quick fire round?
1: Let's do it. I'm so down for a quick fire round.
0: I love this energy. Okay, (laughs) Quick fire with Max. TikTok or Instagram? TikTok. Mustache or no moustache?
1: are we talking on me or on other people well
0: since you've been doing movember on you
1: i'm gonna to have to say no moustache
0: <laughs> <laughs> music or films
1: oh that is so tough um uh, music london or france london 100 percent.
0: good answer party <laughs> or movie night
1: Movie night. I think two years ago, Max would have said party, but now I'm my old old man self of you know 23. Older and wiser. Yeah, exactly. Definitely movie night.
0: What is your favourite way to wind down?
1: In bed with a movie and face mask. I love that.
0: What's your favourite campaign you've recently done?
1: Um, so I would probably say with calm just because i use calm all the time absolutely love it i literally i listen to calm meditations i probably would say 85 percent of nights i'll listen to meditation things
0: and final question what is one thing you like doing purely for yourself
1: purely for myself writing song lyrics writing songs and absolutely belting them in my room alone and annoying my housemates
0: (laughs) I'm kind of sad that's just for yourself. I think that talent should be shared.
1: (laughs) Well, um, there is actually a video on my Instagram of me singing. So if you want to go check that out, Mimi, you're more than welcome.
0: I will put that in the show notes for everyone to enjoy. (laughs) Go for it. And finally, what is one thing you'd love to see to help raise mental health awareness and education and normalise that conversation in the not very distant future?
1: I would love to see... There's so many things that I'd love to see, but I think I think one of the main things just so we can get it in people's heads is definitely a change in schools and just around what they're teaching us about emotions and teaching us about how to deal with our mental health.
0: That's great. Thank you so, so much, Max. It's been really great speaking to you. you, No, No, thank you for being so open and honest. And where can people find you on socials?
1: so just at max selwood on instagram at max Elwood on tiktok
0: fab and i'll again i'll put those in the show notes thank,
1: thank you, you so, so
0: much
1: max. i'm sorry if i waffled so much.
0: no i love the waffle waffles great <laughs> awesome
1: thanks so much mimi
0: thank you bye. 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 thank you so much for tuning in i really hope you enjoyed it as always please share subscribe and review as it really does help spread the word the podcast see you next week with a new guest bye